Well, we've now seen publicly the new Salesforce. Yeah. Um, I was just re- kind of reviewing some of the, some of the, so, so last night you, we, we had our own little watch party. So there was these watch parties all over the, all over the country, like 50 of them, I think. Ours was the best. It probably Woo! was. I think ours yeah. was the best. <laughs> Good day, sir. Watch party. Yeah. <laughs> party of two. <laughs> all, all invitees intended. Yeah. We had a hundred percent attendance. That was, that was pretty nice. So at first I kind of felt bad. I was like, yeah. You know, because I made the joke about how many how many alcoholic beverages is it going to take me to get through this Salesforce event? Turns out it took me three. But did you, I don't know if you noticed on the on the stream last night that I guess the main where they where they were broadcasting it from, which was some, they call it the science room or something. I think it was at Salesforce. They have well, they had a little watch party of themselves there. Little well, not watch party. I mean, they were there at the event. That's where they broadcasted uh, yeah. it from. But she said it's in their science room. I guess they have all these. And I don't know if that's a Real permanent thing. I, I know in one of their not. I don't think it's at the main headquarters on Market, but the one that's on a separate building. I've never been to Salesforce HQ, so I wouldn't know. I think they've got. Um, yeah, I think that's where that room was. But anyway, um, there was a lot of alcohol there. I noticed. There's a lot of alcohol at a lot of Salesforce. In fact, parties. they were just you know. I mean, they had these <laughs> the these servants walking around serving alcohol. Servants. Yes, and they were dressed up as servers. Crazy. I mean, you already. The, I was resetting. They were dressed up as like mad scientists because they were again. They oh, were is the that science what they room. were doing? Yeah. Oh, I get it now. So like, I get the lab coats now. They look like either I don't know Einstein or or um or uh, Doc. What's his name from Back to the Future? It was like uh, Doc Brown. It's just Doc. Doc yeah. Brown. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, a lot of alcohol. I, I think it takes a lot of alcohol to get through these events. I, I, I've got a question for you. This is. A sincere question. Yeah. A sincere question. Yeah. Okay. At Dreamforce. Now, I assume because we are um, approved journalists, of course, mm-hmm. with with our vast backgrounds in journalism and our journal, you know, we went to J school, obviously, both of us. Um, are we going to have special, like a special seating area at Dreamforce? I don't know. I heard that at least for the keynote, the main keynote, that there was an area, but okay. I I haven't seen anything. Although the the description for that type of pass says something about special programming for bloggers, I guess, yeah. but I, I don't know. No one's contacted us or said what that means. So we'll have to do some more research on that. My second question is, will there be alcohol? <laughs> yes, there will be alcohol. <laughs> not, at the not, keynote. At the, not at the keynote, but uh, yes. I'm thinking the keynote might take some, some alcohol to get through. <laughs> Isn't that what flasks are for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or, or the, the many techniques that many people have employed to get their alcohol into sporting events. Oh, yeah. So many things. Yeah. Like hiding a beer can in a Coke can or just recanning your, your drinks. Right. Or just tubes of various kinds. And speaking of beverages, I think for me, this is this new Salesforce UI. I'm officially going to call the Gatorade edition. <laughs> <laughs> is that was that what we came up with? That's what we came up. I, you came up with that. You're like, yeah. that's the Gatorade logo, isn't it? Yeah. It, <laughs> so the new, I don't know if that's a new Lightning logo. I think it is. I hadn't seen it before. I don't know. I mean, they've they've had Lightning on stuff for well, a year usually now, it's it's Salesforce Lightning, and the Lightning is integrated with that logo. So this is the first time we're kind of just seeing it up on its own. I think just yeah. the Lightning bolt. But it totally looks exactly like the Gatorade logo. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. This is. Maybe they they'll play they off of it. Maybe they? they'll play off of it, and we'll have just Gatorade everywhere at Dreamforce. 
They sh- they should just own it, right? Yeah, you just, just you it. stole Gatorade's logo. Just own it. <laughs> um, speaking of of lightning and calling it lightning, uh, I'm gonna I gotta I've prepared some clips here. Um, this one is kind of from the uh, at the beginning when uh, what was the guy's name? Hang on, I'll tell you. Um, Mike Rosenbaum, who is the EVP of of Sales Cloud, so he it's kind of the main presenter, I guess. Mm-hmm. But when he announces it, so let's see. tell me if you can hear this. Oh, it's it's actually a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk about the next release. Well, this release I truly believe is the most important release that we've ever done in the history of the company because we've taken all of the feedback that you've given us about our user experience and about the productivity that you get from using it. And we've taken everything that we've learned and we are excited to today introduce lightning. There's no lightning bolt. It's, well, first of all, (laughs) where's the thunder and lightning? Yeah. Or, I mean, what happened to, uh, darn it. Um, I thought they announced lightning a year ago. Right. Didn't they? Is this something new? No. What do you mean? How is this not new? No, I mean, it's nothing new. It's lightning. Lightning's been lightning. It's been out there. It's just, this is the launch of the, the new lightning, I guess. Well, that, again, that's, that's kind of my point here. Yeah, I know. I know. What is Salesforce One now? Now it's the Salesforce One platform. What does that mean? Because everyone, including almost all Salesforce customers and the media, thought that Salesforce One was the new mobile app. Yes. We talked in length about how that's how it came off, and that's pretty much what it became, because there was no desktop component to this even though they touted it as even at the time they released it and they announced it you know they did have desk you know pictures of the desktop in their little logo material um and they did talk about you know app builder being available on on the desktop eventually so now salesforce one there's this thing called salesforce one platform which is i think is is just salesforce what they're calling the salesforce one platform is just the entire yes the entire system so recalibrate your brain on what Salesforce one means. And now lightning no longer means this lightning longer, no longer means that it's now, uh, <laughs> it's, it won't play. Darn it. <laughs> fun. It's always fun to talk about, get from using it. And we've taken everything that we've learned and we are excited to today introduce lightning once again, a year later. A year later, a new lightning. So lightning means something different now. I guess lightning means... Okay, so let's talk about what this was. Yeah. It appears to be, to me, a new UI that's going to first be available for certain parts of Salesforce. Right. So probably most of the sales cloud or what we all have always known to be opportunities, leads, contacts, accounts... And it looks like some, they had a, they showed cases or they showed the case screen. So maybe some of the service cloud, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what parts of it. And that's, I think that's the context we'll have to, you know, actively search for at Dreamforce is, okay, well, what's, what's actually enabled for this new UI? Because remember, the question was asked, you know, well, how how do I make this enabled? You know, is this an, is this like one switch for the entire organization? But it, it isn't. It's actually multi-tiered you can turn it on for um at the org level 
by a profile level or a permission set level. So you can you can effectively kind of enable it for certain certain groups. Yeah. Um, I've also heard S one, but I guess that's kind of an internal term. In fact, by the way, I got to say, um, the the whole that thirty minutes leading up to it, I thought Jillian did a pretty good job. I think she did awesome. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize she had that those skills. I know she. I mean, I I made that comment right afterwards too. I was like, she's doing really well here. She's she's on point. She's talking the whole time. She's moving from people. There, there's no awkward transition between people. She it just feels like she's walking around the room and she's grabbing people randomly, whether that's true or not. I mean, it felt natural and comfortable. Yeah. No, she did. She did really well. Um, yeah, because that's one of those things where, obviously, you know, you've you've got people staged and lined up and ready to go that you're going to be talking to, but um, there's still, I think, some just randomness going on and, like yeah. you said, just making it seem natural and, and fun. That's uh, it's not easy. Uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. <laughs> She seemed well in her element. It's yeah. Not, not the first time she's she's been up there. So while she was doing that, um, she was talking to, I guess, an MVP. And this came up, and I thought, well, I've got to play this for John. Maybe he doesn't know this. What about what being an MVP means? Oh, my goodness. It means so much, and it, it's so varied. There's so many different ways you can become an MVP, but it basically means that you are obsessed with Salesforce and you don't work for them. I think that's basically the job description. Obsessed with Salesforce and you don't work for them. <laughs> yeah, because you can't be an MVP if you work for them, right? Because uh, it's your job right, at that right. point to be right. obsessive. Yeah. They pay and, you to be and obsessive. you have to be obsessed. You, yeah. you must be obsessed with Salesforce. So there you go. Are you obsessed with Salesforce, John? I'm a you, bet, you better say yes. I'm a little, a little obsessed. I'm going to revoke your MVP a, card. Maybe I'm on the crazy side, you know, the, <laughs> the quiet, crazy side of things. Obsessed in, in not such a healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> I go to sleep with my Salesforce cloud pillow and I hug it and kiss yeah. it every night before I go to bed. Now you joke, but <laughs> I'm saying, uh, did, did you see the MVP shoes? Yeah, but. That's that's a thing. We all know about the shoes. I didn't know about the shoes. You didn't know about the shoes? So are we trying to copy Benioff's, uh, uh, what was his, um, what's it, Louis something, uh, his, you know, $5,000 Salesforce oh. shoes he wore a couple of years ago? <laughs> he sets the tone. He sets the tone for everything. I mean, is that is that what these are? I mean, are these uh, kind of knockoffs of those? So oh, probably. Something that us uh, simple plebes can afford? No, you have to be an MVP to get MVP shoes. I don't have MVP shoes. But that's what I don't know. Where are they? I don't know. I would like to get a pair of MVP underwear. <laughs> Do, where's our super creepy clip for that? <laughs> uh, I don't have that on the soundboard. Man, that, that would have been a perfect one. I would have been. Um, no, I think uh, that would that would be cool. <laughs> you could take your MVP to bed, you know, material to bed with you if you had some MVP underwear. <laughs> this conversation is going down <laughs> so fast. <laughs> I mean, what what else? What all is available? Is there a store that you can you can buy the stuff from, or is it no? It's just when it gets sent to you. No, you just have, <laughs> you have to show up to the events and you have to get pick up the swag there. Um, I so I also want to talk about because they were talking about this during the broadcast, uh, the success community. Mm-hmm. So I asked you about that. And I'm like, what? And I've I've been in you know Salesforce space for ten years, on and off, and. I've, I don't think I've ever gone to this. What is it? So is it success.salesforce.com? I believe so. Yep. So is the, is the success community a website? It's a community. 
what that means nothing. That's what I'm trying to drill down to. What it's it a community actually is. Website. Okay. 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 So it's a website. Yes. Six, so the Salesforce Success Community is a website. Yes. Okay. Do, do you use this website? Are you a member? Uh, I'm not a member, and I don't use it. And I, I, I think there's a there's a distinction there because I think the community primarily serves a lot of the admins and customers. Whereas the developers, we kind of support ourselves in different ways. We go to places like Stack Exchange. We go to Google. We have a lot of different types of ways that we traditionally get help and information on things. Right. And is the... So it's not like, it's not like, it's, it's like we have other areas to go to and we we're serviced pretty well by those areas that we probably don't go to community. It's not, it's, it's like a last resort thing, I think, for a lot of us, mm. at least for me. Um, is the the official Salesforce developer forums are those part of the Salesforce community? I don't know. You don't know. Do you use those? Uh, I used to. Once upon a time, I was really into those for for a long time. Um, and then st- and then I started using Stack Overflow, and then ultimately Stack. There, there's an official Stack Exchange for Salesforce, right? And that's you know I use that peri- periodically. Yeah. Just trying to figure out all this community stuff. It's just a, a way to, yeah. to... No, I'm trying to understand what is what. Like, what's part of Salesforce community? What's not? Is, you know, forums and... Yeah, I don't, I don't think I use the community, the, sales, the, the success community either. Um, but every once in a while, you know, when you say you're Googling for something, um, the community will come up. All right. You'll see, you know, someone asking some question, right? But um, not, not, you know, usually if I'm asking an admin related question or, you know, maybe I forgot how to do something and I'm Googling it or something, that's where I'll see it. I don't see a lot of, you know, technical, technical developer related stuff show up there. So, I mean, usually stack is the first thing that comes up. Yep. I really prefer the stack exchange because, you know, uh, the, it's better quality. Yeah. But I preferred it when it was overflow still before oh, it became an official stack. I never, I never really moved up to the Not only one. that, my stats got neutered. I mean, yeah. now you ha- now I have a whole new <laughs> freaking badge system to to deal with and i'm like oh, i'm done i was because i was competing with you on overflow you know for a while though you were top oh, it's not number no, two on overflow everybody. yeah and um so i was like i'm gonna catch up to jeremy i actually stopped as so i was i was at the top i stopped answering questions because they just got the questions got to be such a bad quality i think as more and more um companies including salesforce um are like basically outsourcing slash offshoring and not the same thing but to these, I'm assuming large, but probably across the board, um, like consulting companies that they're just hiring really low skilled people to do Salesforce work, and they they go to they go to sales they go to uh, Stack Overflow and start asking questions. Basically, how do I do my work? How do I do these super simple things? And they're just one tear. I mean, questions so bad you couldn't even ask them to. Well, can you rephrase it like this? Or like you know you know you can edit their question yeah. to phrase it better or whatever. It's got so bad. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm done. It's just the signal to noise got t- way too bad. But that's one thing that's good. But about, Overflow does try to promote. Well, better. they do, and that's what I was going to say. That's what's really good about Stack Overflow and also the Salesforce Stack Exchange, which mm-hmm. is based on the same software. Is that yeah, the good questions rise to the top as as well as good answers. But the reason they rise to the top is because people like me were going through the questions and either fixing them or voting them up or down or whatever. Right? I mean, anyone right. anyone that's participating, I just I, I stopped doing that thing where I was the one going and trying to do the initial answering of questions. I'm like, no, that's just yeah, I. I I just turned, I used to get notifications on, on when there were questions, I think I had, then I just turned it off. So I don't even see new questions anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's one thing I like about the stack exchange is that the, 
you you know the higher quality and you know answers for the top whereas at salesforce the developer forms is just it's still kind of a mess and they do have the thing where you can select an approved answer but mm-hmm. i don't know it just still doesn't i think when they switched to that new software it was already it was already too late at that point like the stack stack overflow and second yeah. change had kind of just taken taken over and so many people i think moved out over there yeah and that, that's pretty much what i did so i moved on from the forms to, yeah. to overflow um but anyway back to Back so I, I want to get, I get your, you know, your, cause you, you know, you'd seen this officially because you're an MVP and MVPs, I think officially knew about, or they might have, I don't know if you can, at this well, point, I don't even know part. if you can confirm or deny here, that you knew. Here's the funny part. <laughs> Everyone assumes that I had all this inside in, information. I didn't want to confirm or deny anything either way. The problem is I came into this so late as an MVP that I didn't see what everyone else saw. Most, most of the MVPs, I think got, got more of a larger preview of this or more interaction with this at the summit. And so I wasn't a part of that. So at best, I got one of the later viewings of it through a webinar that happened this just this month. So really, my exposure to it was was fairly new as well. Um, it, it was sh- what I saw was a little bit in more detail than what they showed at this event, which I was a little disappointed by. I mean, this was a big announcement about the whole new UI, and it felt like <sighs> there was. There was more ceremony and pomp and more, circumstance yeah, than exactly. there was actual There was a lot more ceremony content. than content, yeah. which was a little disappointing for me. Um, I, I got I to imagine that's, that's intentional. I mean, they kind of flew, the, the, the demos, they kind of flew through yeah. and did not take much time to, to allow you to actually look at what was going on. It was enough to kind of get you excited about the direction. It was enough to kind of see where things were positioned, the layout and the look of it that they were going for. Not, we'll, we'll go into that into more detail in a little bit, but you know that's about all you got. It was it was very just wetting your whistle on <laughs> on the content. Uh, yeah, it was it was a flyby, right? Yeah, it was like you can't you couldn't you can't blink or you you miss an entire you know module or something. Yeah. What I, what I didn't enjoy, if I'm allowed to kind of just jump around here, no, what, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, well then we are. This is we're on a very strict agenda. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> What I didn't care for was kind of the ceremony stuff. The, the part where they, they had that panel of people sitting up on chairs. I don't even remember any, hardly any of their names or anything, but they were all kind of talking about things that seemed highly irrelevant to what we were looking at. It was just these high-level expositions of buzzwords flying around, and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to get from this. What am I supposed to learn from this? It, so you're talking about the end when they had like um, they had Alex Day on. Yeah. They had yeah. The, the lady from Bracket Labs. Yeah. Um, they uh, had some, their, their president of technology. What was his name? Um, Srini Talapragada. Yeah. Uh, who else was up there? Is that it? Uh, there was the, I guess, senior VP of success management group. Is that what it was? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. It, and I was listening to her. I, and this is where I'm, I'm kind of interested in the success community thing. Cause I don't understand it. And like, I don't, I don't understand how it works, where it is, and I'm not even sure if I'm in it or not. <laughs> um, but so I was really interesting in what interested in what she was having to say, and I still didn't. It was just like I, I'm hearing your words, but I'm not. My brain is not able to attach to actual f- facts. The problem is, is we're, we're all going to this. We're all expecting to see this new Salesforce UI. And we're all expecting to talk very tangibly about this new UI. You know what its capabilities are, what 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 features it's going to have. That was my expectation going into it, but. What we got instead was 
this kind of this panel of exposition of just the industry and technology in general, but nothing really tangible. It was like, oh, it's, it's, I don't even know how to even to paraphrase it. It's just, I got nothing from it. In other words, yeah, I could have done without it. I think the reason, again, that there was all this, these other accessory items, distractions is because I think they wanted to keep the demo short for whatever reason. Maybe they got, thought people would get bored Maybe they, there was a lot that wasn't ready to demo. I mean, so let's let's talk about what what is the availability of this first of all? Because this is, you know, anytime Salesforce announces anything, that's I think we'll, I think we'll probably and you know this this is not inside knowledge. I don't know anything for sure, um, but I would say I think Winter sixteen will probably get a preview of it at the very least. And I thought I wrote that down. Um, in fact, let me let me. I've got a clip. If I can find it, um, see you know more than I do. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is a clip on how you're going to be able to get access to the new Lightning. Great way to see this actually is to get your hands on it, and we've got this available in pre-release. But we're sort of metering and controlling how we're uh, letting people into that pre-release environment. And what we're going to be doing is looking at who completes those trails and putting you in, uh, you know, giving you first priority. Talking about people who are doing the trailhead on the new UI. Well, that's the pre-release stuff. No, no, no. Listen, I can't get this. Up. This program is. We've got this available in pre-release, but we're sort of metering and controlling how we're uh, letting people into that pre-release environment. And what we're going to be doing is looking at who completes those trails and putting you in, uh, you know, giving you first priority in the queue for sort of releasing these environments that have uh, the Lightning experience turned on in pre-release. So he's talking about pre-release. So mm -hmm. if you do your trailhead and like a good, good little boys and girls, we might give you access to this. It's not a, it's, it's not it a bad like a fair I mean, policy if, to me. If you're going to meter something, how, how would you propose metering it? I mean, there's, there's the whole get invited. Yeah. Well, that's, thing, Salesforce likes that one. Which they're, is a bit of a, their, their top partners, their, you know, their biggest revenue customers, MVPs. Or, which I think is what they're doing. And I'm not, I'd actually don't have a problem with this is that, Who's passionate enough to go out there and start learning, self-learning, self-training on on these features? And if so, those are the kind of people we want to get first access to it. Actually, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's better than the other policy, yeah. which is um, like, I don't know what the word is. It's like privilege or elitism or something. Yeah. Cronyism, maybe? There's probably some of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's who you know type situation. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a better way. Yeah. So, yeah, I should try to get... Where do, you, where do you sign up for this? What, the pre-release? Yeah. There was a URL on the thing. It's like... Okay, so so yeah. I can ask? I can apply? Mm -hmm. Is this one of those things where it's like, can't, you know, if you fill out a form and it gets sent to your sales rep? And you got to complete your... No. <laughs> well, don't give me that face. The Salesforce <laughs> does that all the time. <laughs> they love that. They they love getting the sales rep involved. Oh, of course. Let me fax you over this new agreement, this NDA and... A two-year sales contract, then we'll get you started. It's not two years anymore, dude. <laughs> <And then> you <laughs> Did they up oh, yeah. that to like three or oh, yeah. four we now? Have to, we have to increase our deferred revenue, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. All right, so, so we talked about the kind of general event and what we liked. And like, I do want to say one more thing about the event before we go into <coughs> Sorry, I'm choking. I don't know why. <laughs> Water. I have no idea why I started choking. 
And you won't let me edit any of this, so no, everyone in the world no. gets to it's see me fumble. Live and, to tape. Uh, so I do want to say one thing, and, and it's, it's, I think it's a compliment. And it, it, I don't mean to take away from those that produce this event or, or anything like that, especially, you know, Jillian, he did a great job on the pre-show. But this event was lacking something for such a big announcement. It was lacking the Benioff touch. It was lacking his charisma. It was lacking his sense of excitement. It was, it was lacking all the things that he brings to the table. We are so excited. And, you know, it was evident. It was evident. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to oversell it. But since you haven't been to Dreamforce, although you've seen all the videos, I think you'll get a different sense of the experience when you're there at the keynote and Benioff comes on stage and he's doing his thing. There's going to be lulls in it. There's going to be things that fail comedically. But overall, his presence there compared to what you see from other CEOs and other people doing presentations, there's a really big difference. And it speaks well to, to him. As, as it, it does speak well to him uh, in a way, but it also is a little dangerous for Salesforce as a company right? And for investors. Yeah, they has got a big thumbs up for me because that, that's they're my They're highly fear. dependent on him. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to a lot of the investors, they're, they're, one of the things they say is, you know, the, Salesforce basically, I mean, one thing that keeps it, kind of keeps it going, keeps its stock propped up because they do trade at a very rich valuation mm-hmm. relative to their actual numbers they produce. A lot of it, they, and a lot of the speculation is just that it's, it's Mark. It's just, he's, you know, he's very, he's like a good ringleader, a good MC. He's a good, he's a great salesperson. He's a great party thrower. He's a great hype master, right? Yeah. And he just, he keeps people excited. He keeps the hype up. He keeps people looking forward. He's probably, um, that's probably great internally, right? To motivate employees and things like that. Um, but, how, you know, the question is how dependent is that, or does that organization become on this one person and that, it's that charisma, right? Yeah. And they're just, they're motivating. I mean, he motivates customers and prospects by the by the tens of thousands yeah well i mean he, he does have parker harris and i think parker harris does have a kind of a genuine charm to him it's not as big of a personality as benioff but i think he's kind of got that quiet i'd like to hang out with you type personality that's just completely different though right i know so it's an interesting uh, thought so let's get on to the actual ui what, what were your first impressions when you saw it um, first impressions were, I think, good. Um, it looks just more modern. It's a little bit cleaner. Cleaner um, is definitely the right word. I mean, although, I mean, there's, there's still like, you know, the, I don't know. I mean, the account screen, there's still, there's a ton of stuff on that well, screen. Let's take it step by step. Okay. What did you think about the navigation, the new navigation, the look and feel the navigation? We no longer have tabs at the top of the screen. We now have this sidebar and the sidebar can be, cl- is collapsible. There's obviously a little hamburger. Yeah, so let's, we need to talk about the hamburger. Um, Hamburgers are delicious. (laughs) They can be made in so many different ways. So this hamburger is not delicious. Um, You know, all, and I'm not a UI expert, but all, I mean, almost all the UI experts, you know, declared the death of the hamburger icon a long time ago. They want the hamburger to die, but it's not. It's become a, a favorite go-to for... Not, to represent the menu. Not really. And in fact, there's, there have been a lot of studies and there's, there's data, there's been data done that shows that, you know, it's, it costs you engagement. It's confusing. It's less efficient. It's less discoverable. It, you know, it lowers glanceability on things like badges and things because they're hidden behind this hamburger, um, hamburger menu. 
And I'll put some couple things in the show notes, but there, if you just Google hamburger menu or hamburger icon, um, there's actually been some really good studies and write-ups on why this is just, it's just a bad idea. There's just better solutions to it. Yeah, I think from a... <clears throat> From that perspective, it is, but it's definitely I mean, let me, it's so, out there. It, it, every app you have on your phone it has a hamburger. And there's a lot of shitty apps out there, and there's a ton of shitty well, enterprise software, right? Do we have to explain what we mean by hamburger really quick? Well, so okay, go. <laughs> you want to explain it? It's it's just it's just that three three bar line that you or that three bar icon that you see on the top corner of your applications, and it happens to resemble a hamburger with the bread and the meat in the bit in the middle. Yeah, and I mean, it, that's what it kind of looks like, yeah. right? Um, I don't know where that actually. What do you think that originally was supposed to represent? I don't know. Stacks of something? I like think. there's things stacked like under here? Stack, a, yeah. Triple stack? Maybe. Makes me think of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but hamburger seems much better to say than pancake stack. But let me, let me just read a couple of things from one of these uh, you know, UI experts. So you know, in its default state, this, this problem with the hamburger menu, in the default state, the sidebar menu and all of its contents remain hidden. People need to first be able to identify the sidebar menu as actionable. Um, many people supplement that, that menu icon with a menu label or tooltip, which I actually think makes it better to even have like the word menu in it or something, um, which might not be the case in applications where the main screen offers, the, you know, the majority of the value. Um, well, the problem with that is that the whole point of it, <clears throat> sorry, is to represent, is to allow, minimize the amount of real estate that it takes up. If you're adding the icon with the word menu, now you're, you're, that is taking up quite a bit of real estate. Really? The word menu is taking up quite a bit of real estate? Well, if you look at its purpose, if you look at how in Salesforce, the How about Salesforce, the word menu instead of the hamburger icon? Even that, that's four characters long. That's that's half the width of that, that icon. If you look at that icon, you could totally fit the word menu right there. Okay. Well, what about people like you that can't see without your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking about making a very tiny piece of text and typography has to be considered here as well. You can't just stick something on the screen and say, oh, it fits if I make it two pixels, you know, no one can read it. It serves no purpose. Yeah. But the whole point of that is that everything gets squished and now your navigation is taking up the least amount of uh, real estate that it needs to. And for, for advanced users, those that are familiar with the application, they can appreciate being able to squish all that and be able to identify things by icon. Yeah. Well, let me, let me read a couple other things here. So this, uh, the next thing is it's less efficient. So even if people are aware and value that a feature, this pattern introduces navigation friction since it forces people to first open the menu and only then allowing them to see and reach their objective. And this guy, you know, these actually got some nice kind of side-by-sides examples of where an actual app has a hamburger icon and an associated menu versus, you know, alternatives. True, but I think, so the, the, the from what I've seen of the new Salesforce, the hamburger icon serving less of a menu, meaning hiding all the features and more of a kind of a collapsible feature. So when everything's squished, you just have your icons, but when it's expanded, you have icons plus text and then plus other components that, that are available in that. So it's not so much hiding everything, it's just more minimizing it. Yeah, that's, I guess, implementation dependent. I mean, yeah. and, and again, that gets down to what, is your, what does your hamburger icon actually do? Does it show you something that's not there? Does it just make it bigger? And that, I, the, on the demo, it looked, like, it looked like the menu was actually stayed visible. And when you click the hamburger, it just made it like a, bit, a little bit wider, which I didn't really understand. Did you notice that? No. I don't yeah, when think, they, when they well, click, it expands and you'll get to see the full breadth of that content, but then it collapses and all you see is the icons. Is that what you're referring to? 
Yeah, it just it actually made it wider. But there was when they when he clicked it, it made the menu wider. But mm-hmm. there was no additional content there, which I didn't really understand. If it was a quick flash, it might have been waiting for it to load. It could a lot be. of that's kind of template lazy loading. You'll notice what the what you didn't see in the demo on the video. I saw in the, in a actual real world demo, and what you'll see is you'll see the page load really quick, and you'll see some placeholder imagery for content. And then as, as that content gets loaded, it'll flash onto the screen. So there's, there's definitely a new architecture to the UI here where elements are being loaded um, separately from the actual page, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Which gives you kind of the illusion of faster response time. You're getting to the page. You don't see all the content just yet, but it starts flowing in as soon as it can. Right. Yeah, I, d- I just think there's better alternatives to the hamburger icon. I think it's at this point, it's kind of the, the lazy thing to do. Even though, you know, a lot of, if you're, you know, experienced users may know what it means, it's still, there's just, I think there's better alternatives that don't negatively impact navigation and go against just basic. Um, so whether you know, it's a hamburger UI or a gear. Well, no, no, that, those are basically the same thing if you use yeah. them in the same way. So now I have to redesign this, app, to trick me this app, this app that I'm working uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but, you know, overall, I mean, um, yeah, it looks clean. I mean, it it's definitely looks fresh. Whether you know after whether or not after a month of using it, I just my brain starts ignoring that and it just looks like Salesforce again. I don't know because I think my brain was already turned off to how or, or just was ignoring how stale Salesforce had become. I yeah. mean, I, I knew it when I would stop and think about it. I would look at it and say, "Wow, that this is really stale." And just the way that all so many of these things work and the the hovers are always janky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really enjoyed that little snippet that they played of the evolution of the Salesforce UI. Yeah. That was, was really, I kind of, I'm going to use the word, don't, yeah. don't <laughs> clip it or use it against me, but I kind of giggled. You giggled. <laughs> I kind of giggled a bit. I mean, it, this is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> it was fun to kind of, to, it was, it was nostalgic for me yeah. to kind of see those older releases when, when you and I first started doing this and there was no visual for us. There was nothing. There was an API and... 15 character IDs that we're, we're screwing up everything with. Yeah. I've got screenshots somewhere of, you know, most of the different Salesforce UIs throughout time. <clears throat> I don't know where they are though, but yeah, it's, you know, they, they've made incremental improvements and in like, you know, and usually every release or at least once a year, mm-hmm. they, you know, they'll do something to improve the UI, you know, whether it's when they added like the, um, the hover related list thing or. Yeah. But those have all been kind of, I feel like, kind of band-aids. They just keep adding band-aids. And, you know, eventually you, or I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but you just keep kind of tacking on additional things. And at some point, you just got to knock it all away and say, okay. Yeah. I mean, those, those, I think those were an attempt to evolve the, dire- the current UI right. and what it was. And to, to kind, of ma- kind of do the, the safest thing, I think, is what they were doing. They were, they were playing it very safe at that point in time. They weren't trying to, you know, rattle any cages or you know, piss anybody off. You know, they just wanted to make these incremental changes yeah. over time. But this, this is different. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, this one has um, global search. <laughs> well, All new global search. I can't tell if you're being mean or sarcastic or what. It's I, different. I, how is it different? They were, they touted it as if it's something brand new. It's a whole new different layout. It's, it's a whole new architecture on the front end. Now it's still using the same data model and the same API on the back end, so that's not changing. I mean, they talked about how they made you know search front and center, 
and it's it's placed a little bit different place on the screen than it used to be. It's kind of top center, yeah, yeah, instead of top left, I guess. But that to me says that that they're gonna that they're gonna continue to expand that search feature. That it's gonna become more like but say Spotlight on your Mac. Okay, that's fine. But functionality wise, was there something different about it that I missed? I think at the moment, no. I but I, I can see that evolving into something more intelligent. Okay. What about this? Hang on. It's different. It's got that same highlight panel. But we put chatter and the activity timeline over on the right. That's where you do the collaboration. It's talking about the account screen. And right. see what's going on over the account. And we put in the, the major portion of the screen, we put related information, reference information. That's what we want to emphasize on accounts. So I can see the cases, the custom objects. Yes, your custom objects are still there. You can see the opportunities. It's all available to me there. Okay, so we have an account screen. And now you're going to have related lists of your accounts and your cases and your opportunities. That's all brand new. Couldn't get that before, could you? Or wait a minute. No, you could. I don't the, understand. The layout's different. The the right now the the template. For I mean, the that styling layout. is different, right? And if I want to go take a look at one of those cases, let's drill into a case. Okay. The case object looks different. The case object is feed first. You I, no, I don't do a lot with cases, but those. I've been worked in many orgs recently where the the feed's always at the top. So I take all your action on the case. You post, log a call, send emails. Change the status. I mean, again, the styling is different, but the act, the overall layout and functionality, I mean, those, those elements were already there. Well, they're not going to take away elements. They're not going to say you can't have a related so, list on the screen. I agree with that. But they're, what they're saying is that you now have these things. I'm like, I've always had these things. Here's another one. When I'm ready with the updated proposal, we go back to the activity timeline. I don't have to leave the screen. I can just hover over the exec sponsor's name and I get a quick view, a snapshot of her contact record. That's not new. The, what are they called? The hover cards or the mm -hmm. hover layouts? Out yeah. ever leaving my work. I can see the opportunities, the cases I need to follow up. It's all there available to me. So when I'm on. He was showing, you can't see this, it's a video, but he's showing, you know, you can hover over an opportunity. And now it looks nicer. It's a new design, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's more modern. It's softer looking, well, but it's. My perspective on all this, because I, I know you're taking it as, you know, it's nothing new. It's I'm, just I'm laid not, out I'm not necessarily taking that. I'm just taking, I think, I think there's some things new. I'm trying to parse out what is actually new here, functionality-wise, and what's not new. But then a lot of things they're kind of presenting as, oh, look at these new things. You can have your, your, related, op, your related opportunities, your related cases all right here on your account screen. Oh, okay, that's, that's great, but that's, that's not really new, right? Yeah, it's, and the, the only thing I can give them is that it's, it's a new presentation of that information. Right. And... I wanted to say this to later, but they're they're taking they're putting more thought into how users are using it. But I think that's also risky. But we'll save that yeah. for later. And I feel like I'm nitpicking his words, but yes, I'm nitpicking his words. Like I'm nitpicking what they said. This is how they presented this. Yeah. Done. All I need to do is reach out to her caller, and I can close those tasks off, and I've moved my deal forward. Now that hover you saw on the contact, you get those on accounts too, so you can see a quick snapshot of the account without yeah. ever leaving. Same thing. Why don't we actually drill into the account and I'll show you what accounts looks like. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just, it's, um, it's a redesigned way to do, to have existing functionality. Um, one thing that, you know, and I haven't seen any back end for this stuff, but I mean, I'm assuming it's, um, it looks like there's a lot more, I guess, um, like Ajax type stuff going on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more stuff that, you know, Salesforce is the, the classic Salesforce, as we now call it, classic Salesforce. Just ton, every, almost anything you do requires like a post. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to overcare. I don't want to exaggerate this, but 
lots of things require postbacks. You know, mm-hmm. and you need to load a whole new page. You know, basically, it's the way that the web has worked since the mid '90s. Yeah, it's very server rendering heavy. Yeah, and I could just tell from the demo that a lot of these things, there's a lot going, a lot more going on purely client side. Yeah, you know, you see very few. And I, I alluded that in my early description. You, you will see a page load with some placeholders for content, and then that'll start to feed in because it is it is loading in parallel. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's working more like what you'd expect to see out of like an Angular mm-hmm. or heck, I mean yeah. for over ten years now, a GWT, GWT, right? And that it's could be this. a huge advantage to Salesforce from the hardware or the server side perspective. It, it could kind of offload some of the time it takes to render and serve up these pages. It could, although I mean, because now everything's a little more transactional versus this heavy one-time load. Yeah, and it could kind of alleviate load balance things a little bit more. I'll have to look at their their expenses and and things, but I, I have this theory that Salesforce's data center costs on a per user basis are like extremely low, or even you know even per company or whatever. I think that's their. I'm guessing. I, again, I, I want to look at this, but I bet that's one of their smallest expense buckets. Hmm. I think it's dwarfed by, obviously, we know selling and marketing costs. They've got the highest selling, selling and marketing costs as a percentage of yeah. almost any other company in the space, and R and D costs. Um, I yeah. So it might save them some, right? Well, because yeah, ter- just having templating done client side versus server side. But I, if you reduce that by ten percent, it's ten percent of a relatively small number. So I don't think that would it's going to really impact the company performance per se. No, but I think it kind of levels the. I I think it might kind of level things out a little bit more, especially when we start talking about loading our own components, our own lightning components into those screens. And they will become, as far as I understand, first class to the page. They won't be iframe renderings. They'll be loaded as, you know, actual DOM content on there. I could be wrong. I hope it is. You're you're saying it might be, they might be iframes? I'm saying I don't know. I haven't, I haven't fully confirmed that architecture just yet to see if it loads in an iframe or how it interacts with that page. Because there, there are certain security concerns as well with your content, content interacting That's a really with Salesforce's good point. content. That's a really good point because right now, all your visual start for stuff, even if it's a VisualForce panel on, mm-hmm. a, on a page layout, right. those do render in an iframe from a separate domain so that Salesforce can use the browser's cross-domain right. policy uh, in order to keep you out of Salesforce's stuff, right? Which is a super pain, right? I mean, so, yeah. I, I know why they, I know why they, why they do it, but it just prevents so many use cases and, and right. things that actual customers throw at you in terms of yeah. things they want to do with on the screen. So, that, yeah, that'll be interesting to see because I, I I still haven't done a whole lot with Lightning. I don't know enough about how how it works, but I, yeah, man, I hope it's not a bunch of iframes. I hope so too, but uh, it's not like we don't have access to that. It's 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 Lightning, it's Lightning Builder. We have access to some of those tools, and we just need to dig into it. I'm just trying to get out from under my workload, but yeah. Um, my hope is that it it does it is first class on the page, and because everything's kind of leveled out and it's all running parallel with these requests, that our content is considered first class as compared to Salesforce's content. Whereas now everything kind of it's just this one big massive load. And you have all these potentials for timeouts and all those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we talked about global search. Um, integrated news feed about the user's accounts. I can't remember what they call that, but another your comment was, well, I guess if you have a you know nothing but Fortune 500 companies, like, there will be actual news that will feed in. Yeah, that's not really my comment. That's a uh, 
comment of our buddy. I don't know if I should mention his name on this one. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyways, that, that was someone else's observation of it that, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're selling to, you know, the Teslas and the Cokes and the Pepsis of the world, yeah, that makes sense. But most of us or most of the companies we work with and deal with are smaller guys. They're, they're doing B2B with all these smaller companies, manufacturers or resellers or vendors, and there's no news. Did they say what, what that's using as its source? Is it, you know, going out and do a, doing some kind of Google News search? Yeah, or they didn't, didn't say? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where it sounds like a great idea and it demos well that, oh, you know, here's my top accounts and, and here's a little bit of what's going on with them right now. Maybe you should call them and talk about this. You know, that sounds good. And from, from your 50-foot view up in the tower, it sounds good. But it doesn't really reflect how people actually use the system, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into what I want to talk about with, with this new UI is that it's very, are you clicking me? No. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> Am I clicking you? Yeah, you should have. Yeah. All right. Interrupting my workflow here. It's supposed so to be I, part of your workflow. It is. <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to say. 50 foot view. <laughs> I don't know. No, is it? What, what I noticed about this new UI and the way they demoed it is they, it looked like they tried very hard to try and understand the different ways people are actually going to use this system. Not so much, here's a screen that lets you edit anything. Here's a screen that lets you view anything. They tried to be a little more thoughtful about, okay, here's an account. And here's the type of things that you should care about for an account. And here's an opportunity. And here's the type of things you should care about for an opportunity. It's not like you could replace the account screen with the opportunity screen now because now they have all these new functions and features built around it. So to me, it seems like they took a lot of care into trying to make it more functional for yeah. an actual user. However, there's a lot of risk inherent uh, with that. Thank you. That's where I was going to go. So what do you, how do you feel there's risk here? Because it assumes that there's one way to do it all. It's very opinionated, isn't it's it? It's very opinionated. I saw a lot of opinionated themes in that demo. And so a lot of it demos really great, but it doesn't represent how people actually use the system. And what my fear is, is that admins and CEOs and CFOs and all those involved at the high level of, of buying and implementing these solutions are going to go, that's great. We need to do that. We need people to drag and drop their opportunities from one stage to another. That is awesome. Oh, we're going to talk about that too. But the reality is, is that what a rep does? Is that how a rep moves stuff? Is their challenge changing the dropdown on their opportunity? Is that the challenge that they're, that they're met every day? Well, okay, so you brought it up. So let's talk about that one because that's the that's one thing I, I made that comment to you yesterday. Yeah, you know, so it's the what was it the opportunity path? I can't remember what they called that. Um, yeah, it's like a sales path or something. Yeah, yeah. so I, you, I love the so graphic. By a, the way, you see us like almost like swim lanes of your opportunity stages, which right? I do like. I think that's a great representation of that. Yeah, I mean, there there are existing things in Salesforce that show you that. So, but I guess they're they're it's, trying it's, to reinforce. I mean, they're making this a first class it screen, demos right? Well, and and it if does. your sales process is very linear, kudos. But I've dealt with so many I, sales processes that are not linear. And also, I've always, I've always personally felt that that's why I don't like I don't I don't just don't I really don't get into this sales methodology thing and these. You know that every sales got these really defined steps, and they all have the same you know percentages and yeah. approvals associated with them. I'm just like, I can't I, tell you how many of our you know, friends I'm, that are salespeople go, I got to, I just got to get this into Salesforce and create it really quick uh, yeah. so I can do this quote. And I've done they my, don't care about the process. I've done my, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's not, they don't care about it. It's just that th there is as much as you might want to think there is, it's not like every opportunity goes through the same process. Yeah. 
I mean, this the situation is different. I've done enough selling to know that there's like there's no way I could, there's no way. And you know, some opportunities, you know, they basically come land at your doorstep, basically done. Yeah. You know, some of them you have to work for six months. I mean, in the same business, selling the same service or product. So I've always been a little skeptical of that. But anyway, let's say that you do have a, you know, 90% of your opportunities got the same process and they're kind of predictable. You know, and I, so you have the screen where you've got a swim lane for each stage. Mm-hmm. And then you see your opportunities as little cards. It's cool UI. It's, it, it is a good visualization. Yeah. But the use case here is that, that you can then just start dragging your opportunities around between these stages. My comment, what I said to you was, well, who in the hell works for opportunities like that? Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind is a salesperson who's trying to rig their pipeline reports. That's not how you work opportunities. You update an opportunity stage when that opportunity moves stages. You don't, at the end of the week, aggregately look, is that a word? Look at all of your opportunities and say, oh, I'm going to start dragging stuff around now. That's not yeah. the way you work opportunities. Yeah, I mean, in every process, in fact, when we get brought in to develop something, it's because there's a... And, and maybe that's the point here. Maybe for 90% of Salesforce's customers, their process is very simple and it's linear and this is going to be awesome for them. But I guess my experience is more uh, is different because I get asked to come in and supplement the Salesforce UI with something that works for them, for their process. And I'll, I'll talk about that more later. But essentially, it's not just changing a, a pick list. You know, it's adding additional information. It's checking that certain things are supplied or certain things are documented. It, there's a process to it. There's a lot of checkboxes to check. And um, so it is It is kind of risky to kind of do this, but I don't fault them for it. I think it's a great visualization, and you don't have to use the drag-and-drop feature if you don't want to. I just wonder if it's in... Can you disable that? I, I just feel like that encourages the wrong behavior. But that's on the person, and that's on the company, and that, that comes to individuality. Aren't, aren't you always trying to keep people on, in bump, on bumpers, though? You know, keep them I don't like, down the happy I don't path. like systems putting bumpers on people. I well, they, systems, they all do, John. They I, all do. I know, but my personal philosophy, philosophy on software is to let, you, let people do what they need to do and control, you know, control certain things through, through operations, through policies, through, through those kind of things, through management, through mentoring. You know, don't use the system as your gatekeeper. Oh, wait, you mean actually manage your people and understand <laughs> what they're doing and you're helping them? I mean, no. I don't mind validation the system for data integrity. I mean, that's important, but what I'm talking about is, is, you know, don't force people to do something a certain way. It's like, well, get them trained and make them responsible for doing it that way. That's, that's operations. That's not system. Right. You know, don't, don't prevent me from moving my stage from A to D because you need me to go through B, C. I'm telling you, man, so many of these orgs, that's, that's what they want. They want a million validation rules on those types of things. Yeah. And it's, you know. Whatever. It's just, that's the thing. Every company can have its own opinion on what its sales process is. Mm -hmm. What worries me is when your system vendor, your enterprise application vendor, Salesforce in this case, the base software is opinionated. And I don't think they have to be to some degree. That's a balance, right? They have to have some opinion about how, you know, the fact that an opportunity exists and that it has stages. I mean, every standard field on an object is is an opinionated statement. Right. They've decided that every opportunity has a close date, right? And an amount and all these things. So you have to have some of that. But it feels like this was a little, little more opinionated. I could be wrong. Um, before I forget, I do want to say, the, I thought the coolest thing in terms of just, you know, I guess UI innovation mm-hmm. was that um, the just editing dashboards. 
Oh, I mean, that was that awesome. Was, that's quite nice. That's enough to get anyone excited. Yeah. I mean, the responsiveness, the grid layout system, the real-time interactivity of it. We are so excited. Yeah. I gotta, I, I, that, actually, that was if probably... If they're going to tout a feature and just blow it out the water, that's it. Yeah. And I, you could see where they took lessons learned from analytics in that whole process. I mean, it all looks great. The charting looks great. looks so much better. Yeah. And then the fact that you had the added ability to kind of layer these and position them the way you want to. In fact, they pos- it positions better <laughs> than analytics does, to be honest. Because hmm. the, the analytics doesn't really have that type of grid system. It's kind of kludgy. It's not as fluid as, as what they demoed here. And I'm sure that'll get fixed and ported over. But Well, and a big difference is what they demoed yesterday is what you know 95% of Salesforce users will be using, whereas Wave is still... It's always going to be a, a small percentage of your users. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, Sales Cloud always gets the most love. It's always going to get the most love. It brings in 80% of the money. You sound like a jealous middle child. I am. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I actually am. <laughs> Is that the Jan Brady? Should I call you the Jan Brady? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Jan Brady. Um, all right. So, I got another thing. Here. Don't read notes, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. So he's showing the, I guess the new interface to enter, create, and edit notes. It's almost kind of like an Evernote type looking thing, right? I mean, Salesforce has always had notes, but it's been very basic, right? Yeah, and they've slowly started adding rich text editors Did and they? things okay. to things, uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's a um, new interface for that. Shouldn't be doing that. And number 11, let's add one. No one to stop talking. <laughs> and as she finishes typing that, one that in, flat. you'll notice... Yeah. It automatically saved my work. I didn't have to save the note. You'll never lose another note. It's kind of nice. Welcome to Google Docs, you know, from eight years ago, <laughs> right? I mean, well, a lot of these features fall into the category of that's nice. Wish it didn't. Wish it hadn't have taken this long. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's. I, I, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's any inherent danger with the autosave feature causing more collisions. You and I, when we tried oh, to not yeah. use Google Docs, but use Evernote for our show notes, had a lot of conflicts. Well, and I'm sure this does not handle conflicts as well as Google Docs does. So my suggestion to anyone is don't try to use this for simultaneous collaborative editing of a note. It's yeah. probably not made for that. It's probably not. Yeah. Um, what else? What are any other? Well, we, there were some notable things missing. We didn't get to see anything about reporting or anything. We saw the analytics. We saw, you know, kind of the general layout of the navigation of, of you know, certain top-level objects like accounts and opportunities. Um, but we didn't really get into things like reporting or anything like that. So that's a big gap. And I'm sure we'll hopefully see a lot more of that at Dreamforce. Yeah, I wish I could remember. I, I, I think it's going to be about a, is it about a year before this goes GA? Um, I think they want to get it out soon. I, I, I think they want to at least make it enab- as optionally enabled for certain people so that you can start exploring it because this is a big change. And I think they want to get it out there as soon as possible so they can start addressing feedback. You know, if it's, um, he's, uh, he's, he mentioned pre-release, right? Yeah. That, that almost always refers to the next release. Like you can't get pre-release for something that's a year down the road. Well, right? I've been, I've, I've seen this lightning stuff associated with winter 16. So I'm thinking, well, if anything, we'll at least get a some kind of optional pre-release enablement in sandboxes or something, at least at that point, is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, there's a there's a new term that's that they that they're starting to use now. So we've had for the longest time, you know, you've, you've heard API first, you've heard mobile first, um, contract first, which is more of a developing developer thing. Um, Wisdom first. There's uh, what else? I don't know. There's now we have. Uh, and the lady from Bracket Labs, she's the one who used this. They are now lightning first. Lightning first. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. All these first things, they all sound great, except when they don't make sense to do it first. Right? <laughs> huh? I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I don't know if it's just certain personalities or, or managers or whatever. People like really simple things that they can, they want to have a rule that, that, to rule them all. So they can always know, like, what's ours? They want to standardize everything so that there's no thinking and you don't have, you don't have to hire, hire smart people. You know, you just have ways of doing If you do it just like this, do it just like this every time. Because yeah. that's how we do it. Well, that doesn't work most of the time is the problem. It doesn't, does it? No, it just, it doesn't. <laughs> you, you actually have to think yeah. and make decisions <laughs> Imagine that. based on what's in front of you. Now, let's see if I have any more fun clips. Um... Yeah, this pipeline board, I think we talked about this. But we didn't stop there either. So on opportunities, we introduced something new called the pipeline board. And the pipeline board shows you my entire pipeline organized by all the sales stages. So I can see how much do I have in qualification, how much do I have in needs analysis. And we put those intelligent alerts on here so that you know what deals you need to follow up on. So if, for example, I have a deal here where I have no next step, I can actually take action. I can log a new task, say follow up, save that and it dismisses the alert and I boom my deal forward without ever leaving the screen. My personal favorite feature here is the fact that I can take one of those opportunities and I can drag and drop it to the next stage. And it updates the totals, updates the sales Thank you. When, uh, Thank you. When we first built this feature, I sat at my desk and- People like that. Just the, the, thing, I was, great. the thing I was just arguing against. It, it, it does. Great. It doesn't. I mean, any drag and drop stuff in enterprise software world demos well. It's like, yeah. oh my god, modern, modern software. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just not a great idea, though. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, that was pipeline. What was sales path? I think that was the sales path. Another thing icons we at the top. Introduced in Salesforce One, where every oh, stage yeah. in the sales process, you can provide best practices to the rep, the key fields they need to focus on, so they know how to move the deal forward. So, for example, we're in value mm. proposition phase. Yeah, so this this is weird to me too, and I I don't know. I'd have to see more hands on use before I could really form an opinion. But the, you know, the idea that you have to have this advanced software and for someone to know how to sell, that's yeah. just like yeah, that just so rarely to me is the case. And but. I need to align all the with the exec sponsors. I need to make sure that we have a common solution defined with the customer. What does that mean? So the sales path is going to make sure you have a common solution defined with the customer. Those just those words mean literally zero to me. I have no idea what he's talking about. And I know what I need to do to move the deal forward. Also, if you want to see if the deal stuck, you can actually hover on the stage and know, well, how long has it been in this stage? This is one of the things that our customers, and we've been showing this to, we've been showing it to some customers already. I don't like it. I've been incredibly... And it doesn't surprise me. I, I don't know. It's, to me, it's almost just a different way of visualizing your opportunity, which that could, that could be somewhat useful. But the idea that it's going to be this like wizard this assistant that's like, oh, you, here's what you need to do to keep this moving along. Or yeah. you're, you're an idiot. You didn't know how to, you don't know how to move this along. You know, Here, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to sell this deal. It's like, I don't know. Well, in some cases that's true. I can, I can think of a case where it is helpful if we want to go down that path. Um, 
But first, I want to talk about, you know, some of the things they added are kind of nice, you know, like the fact that it's got built-in aging and things like that, things that are constantly being replicated across different orgs. You know, we're, we're always creating formula fields to determine the age of something or all those kind of things. It seems like they're, they're listening to the community, they're, they're seeing those type of things, and they're, they're trying to add those and make those first class. Um, but in terms of the, the path, I mean, there are certain cases, certain sales cycles that do involve a certain amount of customization, certain amount of collaboration with different groups. And I think that's where a type of sales process or sales path in this case helps. You know, when you have a deal and maybe it's to configure some custom widget and you have to get certain people involved to, to do this, to accomplish it, to finish out the quote and then, you know, ultimately get it built. Yeah. So, um, again, I'm trying to understand what's, what, what part of that is new because we've already had it's you not know, automatic new, approvals. But it's, a, it's, and, a, it's this new visual way of, of putting that all in one. Yeah. It, it's a way to kind of, uh, I guess, make it easier from that first, from that one perspective to see that process and interact with that process versus a lot of just individual screens where you're jumping around. And that's where we usually get asked to come in and say, and they say, hey, make this one screen. Yeah. It's too click heavy. It'll be, I, I think, one thing that will make this a sales path type of feature um, more useful is if it's, highly customizable. What I don't know is um, if it's again, kind of an opinionated thing where Salesforce is just saying, Hey, your opportunity is going to have, you know, these things and here's how you're going to go through your sales path Uh, or whether it's, you know, you can really plug your own things into it. Right. Cause if so, that would be kind of a nice structure for you to hang your own, you know, process or approvals or whatever it is. Right. So what about visual force? It's Visual Force. It's still Visual Force. It's is not it? lightning. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Although they're saying, you know, Visual Force is not going anywhere. Like pretty well, much I mean, ever. Visual Force is part of lightning. It's just, it's, yeah, it's a, it's you a, you have a different layer. It's just like a carrier. It's a carrier. Exactly. Of, and there's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a shell at that point. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, that fits in well with, with the new Salesforce and the new architecture of how those pages are rendered and, and, and those kind of things. I mean, the, the Salesforce page account, whatever, you know, forward slash zero zero one, that's the container. And now everything else is, is more Ajaxy. It's, it's yeah. more, you know, transactional. There's a kind of an analogy. This reminds me of, which is, you know, for 10 years, I've been in, in this is kind of from the Java world. I've been hearing how things are going to kill JSPs. And for example, officially JSF, uh, Java server faces, I think is what it stands for which is kind of a more, ob- it's actually more, in fact, Visual Force is, I believe, JSF. Mm. It's a lot, they've copied a lot of that implementation in, into Visual Force. It's basically components. Instead of just being a simple tag and expression mm-hmm. language, it's, you've got components. And, um, but no, I remember when they, when it came out with JSF, it, it actually says in the JSR, this is, this, you know, will take over for JSP. You know, JSP is considered deprecated. And and then you, know, you have all these front end things and and all kinds of templates on the you know the Java world. There's you know velocity and free marker and I don't know all these different like templating or view technologies that were theoretically way better than JSP, right? But still, like the number one leading thing, it just will not die. Is JSP? It just works really well. Yeah, it's kind of fundamental. A lot of other things are kind of built on top of it. I feel the same way about Visual Force at this point. I mean, they're literally building lightning on visual force, even though it's just a carrier for it. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to go away. The question is, is though, what happens to your existing visual force? 
And yeah. they didn't address any of that. And well, we'll just have to explore it a bit. More. They, there was someone, you know, someone asked the question. So there was these yeah. staged questions, right? They took for the probably the last twenty you or thirty minutes. Staged questions. What I, what I find before we get into that, what I find kind of troubling is only two questions got answered. Was there only two questions out of the whole thing? I think there were two or three. It seemed like there was five or six questions. Maybe I zoned out at that point. I don't probably know. Probably so. It's that third beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let me try to play this. Here, uh, piped in from the uh, Dallas uh, developer Ooh, group. Dallas. Go Dallas. Uh, thank Hometown. you very much, Dallas. Uh, Way to go, do Dallas. Do my existing customizations work in Lightning? Okay, for the 17th time, Dallas, yes. The 17th time? No. <laughs> gonna... You're not going to get the new Salesforce UI. So they had, the question was, do my existing customizations work? I'm not even... That's such work, a broad question. But my understanding... Like do, do they have to re-implement Salesforce? Is that what, kind of what they were asking? I, I think... Well, I think my understanding is right now, as of today, and I think they're going to address this, is it doesn't take, in a, take the new theming and styles and technology. So you, you're basically showing your standard Visual Force pages in, in Lightning at that point. I assume it's similar to the way that your existing Visual Force pages work on Salesforce One. Like, yeah, I was, they, gonna, I was they about work. to say that. It's, it's like... It's basically like turning on you know, mobile support for your Visual Force page on mobile. And what you get is a non-mobile UI. You get the Visual Force look. It looks like a portal into like a different world. Exactly. Right? It's very and so that's, jarring. That's kind of getting carried over for now. My understanding is they are going to work to, to fix that um, or encourage how. us to you know, start developing right. Lightning. Let's, let me keep playing this. The answer is yes, they do. This is all built on the same platform and your customizations continue to work. But... They had another question, which is actually more difficult for me to answer. How about Visual Force? Does Visual Force work? And so this is one that I want to spend a second on and talk to you about. So we are still committed to Visual Force. Visual Force is going to be around for a long, long time, and we are working really hard to make sure that your Visual Force works in this new environment. But I want to ta caution everybody and tell you, this is a completely new technology and a completely new experience, and you need to test your Visual Force. You need to Completely new technology. What's he talking about there? An Ajax and JavaScript? I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, you're when you're when you're working in Lightning, you now have that third layer. You have your controller, and you have your view, your page, and you have your, I guess your client side controller is what they're calling it, which in, which does your Ajax interactions with your controller. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I don't know what's new about that. I guess Salesforce is providing that for well, you. Well, it's new because everyone right now up to this point, and again. We're an exception because we do we kind of push Visual Force to its limits, and we do a lot of this already. But for most developers who are starting out in Visual Force, they're used to that um, server client side model of post post back. Everything's a post back. Okay, so I wasn't sure what he meant because I like uh, yeah, I've been doing you know you can do Your remoting calls, Ajax, uh, yeah, calls, you can you, you know, can build you know Angular apps, Ember apps, all kinds of stuff on on top of Visual Force. You can use templating systems, and I mean Squid right. does a lot of that kind of yep. stuff already. So I mean. Yeah, it's out there, and for those of us that know that, but a lot of we have to consider there's a lot of people out there who are just using Visual Force out of the box. So, so he said, you know, there's a new technology, new platform, so you're going to have to test your Visual Force. So right there, what he's telling us is, eh, may not work. Well, no, I, it's a responsible statement. It's don't don't just sit not, there and assume everything's going to work. I'm not saying it's not responsible. If he's actually telling us the truth, and he's saying, yeah, you, but what does he mean when he says you need to test your Visual Force? That means that it, a lot of it may not work. It may not work. It may not look right. It may not render correctly. Right. It, it, with, with this new UI, because it's a little more responsive, or because now we have that sidebar of content that takes up some real estate, 
you know, maybe your frame isn't going to size correctly anymore. Right. Maybe your content's not going to be visible anymore because you, know you don't have scroll bars enabled. So one thing that uh, that Salesforce never that I can that I know of gave us a good way to do was when you're building a completely custom interfaces to match Salesforce's style. Right. Well, they they attempted to. I mean, they gave us early on style guides, and there was some some documentation on their icons and how to access them and all that kind of stuff. But it was never an official style guide. There is one for Salesforce one. And and they also said, don't, if you ask them, Hey, can I, can I link directly to your style? She'd say, would say, we don't do it. I I wouldn't. Well, how do you match Salesforce's style? You link to their style sheets. Okay, exactly. That's what we all did. That's what we've all done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say go ahead. I would say at your own risk. No, they don't. They also don't tell you to use URL hacks and pass in parameters to things and stuff. And but that's that's important because now they can remove it. That stuff's all going to break yeah. with with Lightning. Your parameters, you know, passing parameters into your reports. You Any know, limitations you probably had for mobile are going to carry over into this. All these things where people have, uh, you know, a lot of these things have been disabled now for security reasons, but where you could pass in um, values to pre-populate uh, forms yeah. um, to automatically save things. That that's the, that's the use case that they got disabled. I'm fine with that because it, I, there's demand I'm, for that. Well, you're fine with it because we're going to get paid to fix all these things. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> fine with it because it, there's a lot of demand for it, and I think it'll force Salesforce to provide some some um, valuable hooks into those systems. Valuable hooks into the the you know what gets passed. That's to a up page. to them. That's up to them how how extensible they make it. Yeah, everyone in everyone who has Salesforce. I'm, 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 I know I'm like overgeneralizing or, or what's the word? I don't know. Assuming? No. Making it that too big of a deal when I say everyone. Right. But I would, I would say 80% of Salesforce users are using a URL hack to pass information either to a report or to another page to default some values to set a record type. Right. They're using that. Yeah. I mean, I learned most of these tricks from Salesforce employees, you know, eight or nine years ago. Which means there's, there's. 80% 80% of Salesforce community demanding the ability to do that. And yeah. I hope that means we'll get some valuable hooks oh, I do into too. the system. I do, do too. That. I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to bet well, on it. Well, you never can. You don't control the system. Right. But I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, Salesforce ding, ding, has ding, been ding. very transparent <laughs> about listening to the community, you know, implementing ideas and saying, hey, we, we took this idea and we built it. Yep. You know, so hopefully that, that still carries over and continues. And when there's high demand on something like we need URL hacks or a way to provide other screens information in a supported way, they will yeah. supply that. Yeah, I hope so. All right, let's, let's listen to the rest of Mr. Rosenbaum's answer here. Make sure that it works. You need to check with us about the documentation of things that do work and don't work. And that's a really important step. And you also need to understand... So yeah, so I'll assume they'll do a, hopefully a good job of guides and things on like here's... If you're doing these types of things, yeah, you need to go. Here's the ones you need to completely rip out and not use anymore. Here's the ones you need to check to see how they look, if they're yeah. acceptable to you or whatever. But lightning. I also like that he said, you know, hey, you got to. This is a fifty-fifty thing, guys. You got to work with us on this. So you have to yeah. come and tell us this is not working. You can't just say it doesn't work. Screw it. We're not doing this. And if you're not up for the effort of re-implementing all these different things you've done, then uh, just don't turn it on. Yeah. That's your right. Components and which is fair, I think. I do too. There's just no. This we've talked about this. This is enterprise software. Right. It's so that's why it's so damn hard to evolve because everyone gets their grubby <laughs> little hooks into all these parts of your system, and then you can't change anything. Yeah. Because it breaks everything. In the Lightning component framework. That's sort of where we're headed, and that's what all of this great technology is. And so I would be encouraging a lot of you out there, especially the developers, to be looking very closely at Lightning Components and what you can do in addition to thinking about how your Visual Force works. He's basically saying, I mean, we're committed to Visual Force. It's going to be around. 
but lightning is 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 where we're going. Yeah, and the it, yeah, and visual force will be around, but the way you've done your visual force. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's very much going to be just a container. It's going to be that transport mechanism. Yeah. And visual force, you know, lives inside a context. And that yeah. the problem is that it's the context that lives in that's changing. Yeah. Like your visual force will probably still compile. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it will. It just it may not look right. It may not work right. Yeah. Because everything that's wrapped around it is is changing. Um, oh yeah. So I did. I made a note. There was no. They made no commitments about availability. No. So maybe there's just not. I mean, that's all stuff that's going to be handled at Dreamforce. I mean, there's. Although I, I guess they could have. They could have spent more time on that type of discussion, that kind of topic. But you know, I, I really think this was just. Let's get it out there. Let's get people prepared to start talking about this. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know if you have this clipped, but there was one part of of his conversation where he talked about um, the technical skill set. Like at one point he said, look, let's be realistic about this. Dragging and dropping components is easy and admins and anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about building components, you do have to to take care with this. I don't know if you had that clipped, but I I latched onto that and I, I was... Really excited that he he didn't get really go into any detail that. about it, but he did delineate between the two things. Yeah. Um, so of course, you know, Salesforce release, you know, press release probably embargoed, and as soon as the embargo's up, you know, Forbes and TechCrunch and all these guys, Business Insider, they all, you know, dutifully write. Oh, TechCrunch had an article that morning. Perfunctory articles on right, this. Yeah, but so I just went. I was reading a couple of them, and uh, I just got to read some of these <laughs> comments. <laughs> Because the, the articles themselves are incredibly boring. It's literally just regurgitated press release. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You can have this interface today with Microsoft Dynamics CRM at a much lower cost. Um, Salesforce is a bloated piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now it looks like Insightly, the CRM that I use that is one-tenth the price of Salesforce. Great job. Um, why is this not marked as sponsored content? <laughs> Um, using just icons for navigation is a usability nightmare. Who the F wants to remember what the crown icon means? That's a good point, actually. It's a good point. All but those along the side. I don't, I, I, it's, it's going to take me a while to get into my thoughts and perspective on that. Cause I don't think that's a bad thing. I never remember what those icons are for. I mean, I'm, I'm really trained on, you know, cause right now the current Salesforce tabs, it, it's got the name of the tab, you know, in word in English words that I can read. That takes up so much real estate though. All right. So here's a quote. Um, he says, Oh, this is a quote of the article. He says competitors, including perennial Salesforce frenemy, Microsoft may have bits and pieces of this, but the ability to customize and build on the cell on Salesforce is the killer app. This is according to Parker Harris, which I actually, I kind of agree with. I mean, I think that's what makes Salesforce different. The fact that this is all built as a platform is the key difference. So this guy's response is, are you kidding me? The UX is just about a blatant ripoff of Microsoft Dynamics CRM. Another one. I have to, I'm going to have to look and do a comparison. We should do that. Uh, and the main strength of Dynamics CRM over the past 10 years has been the ease of customization through simple configuration changes or when needed extension via commonly available skill sets. I'm assuming he means .NET. Sounds like they're starting to panic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I agree I with that. To that. No, I don't either. I don't think Salesforce is panicking. Um, <laughs> this is so uh, I'm switching over to TechCrunch. Uh, wow, it looks like they chose the same bootstrap admin theme that I built an application with last year. Pretty generic stuff, but that's probably good for large organizations who are needing to train their salespeople on the new interface. Uh, that's true. Um, the world is so entrenched in Salesforce, any real innovation may be ultimately hindered by what is a limited transactional data model. The core relational database structure for CRMs is so poorly conceived, every sales org has trouble with it. 
I remember sitting in an architecture discussion about their data model, and I was floored when they said they had a limited number of fields per object. And if you need more, you'll have to start deleting data. But companies that use Salesforce feel like they need to jam every granular bit of information into the lead, contact, and account objects uh, they can, including history and survey results and what they had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> he actually goes on and on and makes some good points. Um, and, you know, instead of making Salesforce look like uh, an SQL with lipstick, maybe it needs to be more like a CMS where you can show whatever you want to whoever needs it the way they need it to see it and interact with it. Um, less visual structure and more intuition. Interesting. Uh, field salespeople have different needs than inside salespeople, and they have different requirements than VPs and C-levels. Well, that's the problem with enterprise software. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot. It looks like Bootstrap. That, that keeps coming up. I mean, you can't, you know, Bootstrap has had a profound effect on the way that modern applications look. Yeah. And that's, I think that's good and bad in a way. Yeah. It's good because it's actually better than the way apps looked before people started just, you know, including Bootstrap with no customization to it. Yeah. I mean, Bootstrap was meant to be a starting point. It, yeah, exactly. Not, not just like, just take this in and drop it in and don't change anything. And I don't agree. Also, I don't think it looks like Bootstrap. Do you? No. I don't either. I mean, it's, it's got similar elements to, you know, a lot of modern apps that we have out there. But I think that's a good thing. I, th- I think it brings it up to the standard that we have today. A lot of people say this looks like uh, Dynamics. Microsoft Dynamics. It's uh, actually been a while since I've seen a current version of Dynamics. I, I, my my I, recall of Dynamics was very Microsoft-looking gradients everywhere. It looked like crap, but um, maybe they have a new design philosophy on the current release. Yeah. You know what um, I feel uh, got buried yesterday? Completely buried. Can you take a guess? No. They announced the new, their new financial product. Really? Yeah. And like an industry-focused product or? Yeah, it, I think this is going to be, so, you know, they, they released some financial, like a wealth management type of product oh. or whatever. I'm, I'm actually referring to an old thing now. Um, okay. A few years ago, I put on the App Exchange, and from all accounts I've heard, it's just, it's actually horrendous. Um, the but original or this the new? original yeah okay. it's it's on you can it's on the app exchange i think it's free even i'm not sure but no they're they're um what's it called um i think it's it is the salesforce financial, financial services cloud i guess is the name of it yeah um it looks it sounds like it's pretty big it's going to have like integrations with the yodly which is the the service that connects that lots of banks use to connect to like bank account information hmm. um yeah, it it looks like it's actually going to be a big, a big product. Well, that'd be um, interesting because that, that's that's Salesforce getting into more industry specific things. It's it's them having well, they more of an opinion. They announced this what, about a year ago. I mean, I th- I think Salesforce is one of their biggest problems is, and we talked about this last week, is just that they've kind of they've kind of plateaued with CRM with Sales Cloud. I mean, yes, it's their bread and butter. Yes, yeah. it's where eighty percent of their money comes from, but it's kind of maxed out. If they want to, you know, get to 10 billion and beyond, they've, they're going to, they have to broaden. And that, I, this is, I think, you know, verticals is part of that. Of course, they've, you know, you've got things like wave and all these other things that are completely horizontal, but um, I get, I guess they thought that the financial industry was. This, this could be a very much an experiment of them, you know, getting into verticals and, you know, tailoring software at, at the root level for those industries. 
Because you're right. I mean, right now, the, you know, anyone who's using Salesforce at a basic CRM level, they're using it, right? They yeah. have that market share. But what we get asked to do a lot is customize Salesforce to work for their industry. I'm just going to leave this here and you don't have to say a word. Salesforce has built an entire ecosystem around the Salesforce Financial Services Cloud to accelerate customer success and ensure the product meets the unique challenges faced by today's advisors. This includes working with leading wealth management firms in the design of the product, including AIG Advisor Group, Northern Trust, and United Capital. In addition, Salesforce system integrators, in, uh, Accenture, Deloitte, PwC, and Silverline, support uh, Salesforce Financial Services Cloud by providing technical integration assistance with leading wealth management firms. Uh, so I think they're tying it into a lot of the, the other existing software, and yeah. obviously they're, they're working with some of these bigger advising groups. So I, I think this is more than, this is like a thousand times bigger than their, than their previous attempt or foray into wealth management. But I, I think it's a start of them getting into verticals. Yeah. In a yeah. very specific well, way. Well, they announced, so they, didn't they announce a few when they, when they made the announcement? What was that about a year ago that they were going to start doing verticals? Yeah. I mean, they, they've been trying to do this for years, but it's always kind of been, here's a managed or unmanaged package of what we think financial services needs or, or nonprofit needs. Right. You know, those kind right. of starter packs. They were just kind of, they wore lipstick on a pig. Yeah. They were kind of layered right. on customizations on top of something. Um, but I think what people want is something more native in the system, something more, something that actually takes some of this. And it's not just this kludgy customization that's going to error out because of some weird limit that you hit. I think they want something very specific from Salesforce and having those features be first class, you know, having that functionality layered into it. Yeah. And this, this might be that path to it. It's, it's, you know, there's this weird gray area. It's like, because Salesforce has a lot of partners who have built pretty nice wealth management on top of Salesforce that they're now competing with. Yeah, but that's, that's life. That's, that's I, business. It's that just interesting. It's, it is. You, well, cause they're supposed to be a platform, right? And they're, they're trying to get all these ISVs to come and build their solutions on the Salesforce platform. Mm -hmm. Turns out that's kind of a risky thing to do, but it's always been risky I know. from day one. Well, we, we always talk about that. You know, anytime you're playing in someone else's sandbox, I don't care if you're a, you know, a consulting company and you're doing Salesforce implementations if you're an ISV building on the platform, whatever, I mean, you are playing in someone else's sandbox that you have virtually no control over. You know, make the money while it's good, while you can get it, while while the ecosystem is suits what you're doing. Did I do something? You're clicking. Oh. <laughs> but it could all change. It could all change. Don't don't pretend that you know. Don't lull. Get don't get lulled into that mindset that you know it's not going to change or that you have control because you don't. Yeah. But I mean. You can take your ball and go home. That's all you yeah, can exactly. do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows if they're going to have success with that? Because the reason that other companies are able to be more successful with a very single focused application on a single vertical is that they're able to cater to that industry in, in very unique ways. You know, any kind of bloat that they add to their system is minuscule compared to something that would add, compared to what that would add to Salesforce, who's trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. You know, if, if you start adding, you know, a ton of features that are very specific to a vertical, what does that do to your system? What does that do bloat-wise? What does that do interaction-wise? You know, is it something that can be applied and you reused across all these other things? You know, it, it's a fine balance. Yeah. I just, you know, 
this is such an expensive thing to do. And I see them doing, you know, all these different things, these verticals. This is a, this is a big initiative. This is, this is not, you know, this is not small. This is kind of an expensive thing. And I just, I wish they would fix some platform things before they go spending all this money and taking precious engineering resources away from the platform. Give me better language, you know, give me better, you know, make Sockwell better, make Apex better, make deployments better, please. Those are hurting everyone. Anyone who's trying to build significant things, it all, it just takes its toll every day. Well, I mean, not, not that, not that JavaScript's the end to all, but I mean, with the, with lightning and the fact that your, your visual force is now pretty much a container, you can layer on whatever templating system you want. So you have access to that. You have your, your officially supported client-side controller now. So now you can implement whatever framework or things you want from there. It's kind of like why I love Squid so much because it, it, it removed me from having to focus so much on Apex and server-side programming back to client-side and user interaction, which I really enjoyed. So for me, you know, that kind of transition to Lightning, I think is going to be enjoyable, I hope. I guess. I mean, I'm, I mean all your UI stuff, you, though, you're still bundling up with static resources and you know, you've still got security and profiles and you do have backend code you've got to write. And if you're, if you're doing a lot of client-side UI stuff, you're probably writing custom APIs and things so that, so that, you know, if you need to load eight different objects on the screen, you don't have to make eight separate calls. You make, right. you know, you make a custom one call that returns all eight things. I mean, you can't get away from it. So, I, I don't know. I, that probably doing those types of things probably does not increase, help your, keep your stock price promoted. I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't, think of this or maybe you are but the fact that they're focusing on wealth management which is very b2c are we going to get some better person account functionality i doubt it you doubt it yeah really yeah i got new person account bugs in salesforce this week by the way speaking of that yeah care to share um completely broken deployment due to some un literally the the metadata api comes back with unknown exception he's had that problem for forever though you're still have, dealing with that? Uh, that well, it's the been, fact they wouldn't recognize native pe- person account names. Oh no, that that one. So that one they just closed. Known, known, you know, known. Or actually, it wasn't known, or they didn't say it was, but acknowledged. Um, they attached an internal their internal bug tracking number to it. So if I could call back and I guess it can get status, but they, you know, they don't. Uh, no ETA on a fix for it. Mm. It's just not not high. Priority. Maybe there's no ETA because they're planning on revamping all that. Or they're building wealth management applications. I hope they are revamping it. I mean, the whole deployment model needs to be completely revamped. It's that's, just, that's a whole different track, though. I mean, well, we're, we're talking about data model level fixes versus technology yeah, I don't fixes. Know. There's, just, there's no way in Salesforce to produce a known working build. You, but you're talking about two different things. I'm talking about the interaction or the way person accounts works, how it's kind of a second oh, class oh, in yeah, the yeah. data model. It's 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 like a shoehorn or a shiv in the in the data model. A shiv, a shiv, <laughs> yeah. or what am I thinking of? A yeah, sh- shiv, little thing that you stick in to prop something up. Are oh, you thinking of a shim? A shim. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Not shiv. <laughs> it's shiving the yeah. account table. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It was meant to be a shim. Kind of feels more like a shiv, doesn't it? <laughs> Is that a shiv in your pocket or? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was propped onto it. It was layered onto it. It was kind of, it wasn't well, built for that. And it's, the bugs come when it's in its interactions with other right. features yeah. that just aren't well implemented. 
But that's not the only thing that's kind of a kludge. I mean, what about, you know, the whole community login thing that where you have to have a user account and a contact and they're linked. And that's just I never understood that interaction either. I, I don't either. And in every community project I've worked on, they always want trigger, you know, the bidirectional triggers to keep the contact in sync with the user. And it just feels it feels like you're working against the system. Yeah. Of course, when anytime you try to do that, keep the contact in sync with the, the user. Now you hit mixed mode DML. Which is just another weird Salesforce specific, you know, thing that you have to deal with. Yeah. But I mean, I think we're getting a little off track, but yeah. I mean, essentially this is, I mean, this is a new UI. This is great. I hope it encourages or frees them up because they've been working on this for so long, obviously, and they've got a lot more work to do. So, I mean, is there going to be time and resources to kind of get back to some of these lower level stuff? You know, is with the new tower, they're going to have more room to hire more engineers and work on some of the I mean, stuff? I, I sure would, would hope so. I mean, I'd like to think so. Because that's that's the one thing that that just makes me really question, like, God, do I want to keep working in the Salesforce space? Is the fact that the all, you know, so much of the platform stuff is just sits there and stagnates. I mean, it, it was kind of not great to begin with, and it's just sat there. I mean, they've added, they've added things to Apex. They've added, yeah. um, what have they added? Um, you know, the, the API, the library that's built in has gotten a lot more things and there's, um, I don't think of features they've added to, to Apex. Well, they've um, always added features to it. I, I'm not yeah, yeah, here and there. I mean, they've, they've added, you know, you, you, there's now like a comparable interface. You can put things other than S objects in sets and lists and maps, right? Yeah. As map keys. Um, so they, they've, they've improved some things, but just the, you know, the fact that it's just fundamentally based on a 15 year old Java is just not great. And, you know, no, no namespaces. That's just a gigantic problem that just is not going away. Like, I mean, when can I please stop having to worry about that? I would love to quit complaining about that. I'd love for you to stop. I know. I'm sure everyone would. <laughs> we'll bring in some champagne yeah. and pop the cork the day we get some right. semblance of organization in our code structure. Yeah, exactly. For show. So overall, you, do you like the new UI? Do you think it's a great step? Yeah, I mean, overall, it looks like a good thing. I mean, I, you know, it's definitely going to have to make people stop and figure out how do how do we roll this out? How do we, you know, th- does this make sense to roll out right? And you know, you have to pull, you're going to have to lot a lot of big meetings at at Salesforce companies at companies that use Salesforce. Yeah, that was going to be kind of my final thoughts as well. Is that you know we talked about this before? When you get a new hammer, everything looks like a nail. You know, everyone's going to see this, this cool, you know, dragging and dropping between stages and all this other kind of cool stuff. And they'll be like, we need to do that. But I, th- I think those of us in the community and those of us that are, you know, consultants and out there, we really need to consult people. We really need to say, hey, the, what's great about Salesforce is you can customize it for your sales process, not the other way around. Right. You know, don't think you have to shoehorn your process into this and then get pissed off because it's not working. Right. You know, find, find what's going to work and help you perform your process or help your users versus taking everything you see here and going, Oh, we're doing that for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, UX is all rooted in, in, in philosophy and, um, and co- you know, user cognition and, and things like that. And we don't know yet. I mean, we've only seen a demo. We don't really know yet how, you know, what the, what the kind of edge cases are, what the, where the rough corners are. All right. Um, how this is going to affect how people use, how they think about the system. So we'll have to learn all that before we can really make any educated, you know, recommendations. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a learning experience for everyone. We've all kind of just kind of been level set on Salesforce at this point. Yeah. So everyone that's just running out there and is like, this is awesome. 
amazing. You know, I would just say tap the brakes. You know, it's it looks cool. I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff there, but it's going to be a a slow and long process for a lot of companies to start rolling this out and just doing all the testing and all, making all the changes they have to make to to make their existing customizations you know work. Mm-hmm. And it you know a lot of a lot of companies will just decide that it just right now anyway it doesn't make sense. The other big challenge is going to be for those of us administering these systems, working with these systems, is the mental exhaustion of switching between two different systems. Half well, our customers are going to be using this new UI and we'll yeah. know where everything, we'll, we'll be like, where is that uh, field level change done again? I'm used to it anyway. You, you know, you bounce back and forth between different sections of Salesforce and it looks like a different app anyway. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I don't know. So, so the sooner, sooner this gets rolling and the sooner we can normalize on this one UI, the better, because I'm not sure I can handle going trying to remember where everything is at. Yeah. It's going to be a slow process, but I mean, it's, I think it's inevitable and it's, it's good that it's happening. You know, probably should have happened sooner. Yeah. I mean, if this came out three years ago, I mean, it would, uh, it much bigger deal. Yeah. I mean, right now we're seeing a lot of this stuff that's already there. A lot of technology features, usability things that kind of already exist out there in the community. As some of those commenters said, Oh, it looks like this. You yeah. Know? Well, and I've been talking about all these, you know, smaller smaller CRM startups that just do things you know certain CRM tasks you know much more elegantly than Salesforce does this this kind of I think is catching up with with a lot of yeah. that uh, it, I guess a certain percentage of inno- in, quote unquote innovation is allocated to timing as well yeah I mean but this is the way you have to and again with enterprise software this is the way you have to do that infrequent and big yeah it's the only way to do it unfortunately it's the it's and it's literally the opposite of agile right but kudos for doing it. I yeah. Mean, oh, well, yeah, exactly. It I mean, had to be you, done. It had, it it has has to be, be done. done. Right. And to that, I say, good day, sir. Good day, sir. What was our time? An hour and a half. Still on one topic? Go get your badges. This is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs>